So welcome to the Power of the Journey podcast. Um, my name is Abiodo Oduni, and today with me as a guest is Sheyi Adeboe. And Sheyi is a fantastic individual. Uh, and so maybe just going to share a big a bit background around Sheyi. I, you know, sort of just came across Sheyi's post on LinkedIn, which I thought was very inspiring. And that led me to reach out to Sheyi and wanting to learn more about her story and, you know, potentially even share this with, with the world. And I thought that that for me was very interesting because, you know, I heard Shay's story and I, I was basically, I was just left in shock. So I think, you know, speaking to Shay, it's it was just, I think it really changed a lot of things, even in, in, in my perspective about life. And I was really moved. I think one very interesting thing, you know, you know, just chatting with Shay, it was just supposed to be a very short conversation. We ended up actually speaking for over two hours. And there was just so much, so much to share. And even in that two hours, we did, I didn't even learn everything about, you know, Shay really. And, you know, I thought to bring him here and and let him share his story to the world. Uh, you know, a couple of very interesting things as he shared the post. Actually, Shay is now a LinkedIn superstar. He has over 10,000 followers now on LinkedIn. He's got 4,000 plus followers since he shared the post, which I think, you know, obviously that tells to, you know, how much people were moved by the story. And, you know, the same post uh, where you call yourself the one-eyed boy got over, mm -hmm. you know, up to 500,000 impressions, which I think is significant. You know, I tend to post on LinkedIn, but I haven't even come close to that. And really, really, it speaks to the volume of how people are impacted by that story. And, you know, I, I think that you're very courageous to actually come forward to kind of share the story. I know we've talked about a couple of other things, but uh, thank you so much for coming here. And, you know, um, you know, feel free to really talk about, just introduce yourself, you know, to, to everyone and, and just, and, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, uh, my name, as he said, is Oluwa Shei, but I go by the short form Shei, which is, um, well, it's kind of like the power to do things actually. I just like it. Shei. Um, I'm currently working for Kageo and I, studied animal science and sustainability. I'm passionate about um, helping farmers achieve their farm goals, you know, and um, if there's anything that they really want to like achieve on their farms, I work with farmers to actually just get that done. So that's more like with um, small scale, medium scales and large scales farmers. Uh, but recently I've been drawing more passion in sustainability. Like it's really so interesting for me to find that part of me. I was actually having a chat with, um, with a friend from my company. And then we discovered that we, we got talking and I discovered that I got talking a lot more about sustainability, which um, I was like, okay, I'm going to follow up with that. And it's really been so high opening since then. I've been really networking with people, like talking more about that. And um, yeah, so I, I mean, I shared my story on LinkedIn because I felt like it was high time to share that story. It was, uh, it's something that I've held on to for a very long time. Like, I, I don't think I've really talked to um, quite a number of people about it before. Maybe just like a two or three people. And um, even while growing up, there was a, I was working in a place and the man really didn't know my story until after I, I kind of left the workplace and it was just, it was just surprised, like the way I just always just keep things cool, sit down, just do my job. And then it's as if nothing ever happened to me before. Yeah. yeah. So I decided to like comfort, like just share a little bit about the story on LinkedIn mm -hmm. because 
if I had to write the whole story, it's like LinkedIn is not going to be able to take it. So I, no, no. <laughs> I wrote it down and then I had to like cut it, summarize it. I guess my, my skills from high school where we do summary, writing summary actually came to place nice, <laughs> at nice. that point. Yeah. Nice, beautiful. And, and so, you know, just, just so that we just really, you know, take it on from where, where it started from actually, you know, and, and you called yourself you know, the one-eyed boy in the story. And so I want us, you know, I want you to take us through that journey where, you know, before the incident happened, what what was that like? And then you can, and then we can just kind of walk through, you know, up until where we are today. Yeah. Um, well, I'm actually a proud um, one-eyed boy. The way I put it in my story, it's, um, I guess one-eyed boy started from, it kind of started from my primary school and go through high school. Uh, at that time, I really don't like to be called that. It's just like, it's, it's, it's something that irritates me at that time when somebody calls me that, but, well, it wouldn't go away anyway. So I just had to come to terms with that name. And at some point, it's just more like something like a strength to me, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that, that was me actually coming to terms with that. So yeah, the, the one I story started from my primary school, I was six years old and, um, you know, we were in class with some of my colleagues, some of my classmates rather. And um, like we always play during uh, lunch break, just we sometimes we throw things to ourselves and um, just play. So, but this particular time, this there was this boy in my class. Um, it just, it threw this particular stick, just a broom, the kind of broom that has been used in, 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 in Nigeria, actually, like in most homes um that is made from palm palm leaves so it kind of just threw a piece to me and that piece well i'm not really good at catching things anyways so maybe if i if i were to be good maybe i would have been able to catch that and be a, a goalkeeper today but <laughs> that's story for another day so i wasn't that good at that anyway so i i missed that and it got into my left eye uh, it didn't just get into my left eye it was as if it was targeted it went into the iris straight up like I was, I, I couldn't actually just, I was, I, I, I didn't feel so good. Like, well, in a way I thought I removed it, but I still felt like there was something really still pinching me in the high. Like I couldn't get over the pain at some point. I think I went home and I was kind of scared of what my mom was going to say, because she has always been warning, like, be careful, don't play too much and all of that. So. I didn't say much, but my eyes were red anyways at that point. So my mom was just wondering what was wrong with me. I think why she was checking me out, like what's wrong and all of that, why are your, are your eyes red and all of that, I I kind of just passed out at that point because that was the only thing, I, the last thing I could remember was her questioning me and that was it for me. The next time I would open my eyes, I was already in the hospital and no, there was rushing around and all of that. My mom was like, I mean, it, the whole thing was, I, I saw my grandmother there, I saw my dad, I saw my mom. I was wondering what was going on. Even as a boy, I really didn't understand what had happened. And um, they started having conversations with doctor and then the doctors keep saying, you know, you have to get a specialist to actually work on this to be able to, uh, there's a little piece of that broom still left in the high and that needs to be, we can remove that, but you need the specialist to be able to work on that high for him to be able to use that high again and all of that. So, and then I know the doctor was like, well, the, the chance is very slim, right? But still maybe it's something for them to do. But 
as it was, they, they, they already spent a lot of money at that point, you know, put them in the hospital, having those kind of treatment and all like that. So uh, one, one, one of these conversations I could um, hear was, uh, we won't be able to pay for the surgery because I guess at some point, um, my parents spoke with a specialist and just like, they won't be able to actually cover that. And as you can imagine, Nigeria is not such like Canada where you have health insurance to be able to carry out all of these things. If there's anything wrong with you head wise, or if you need a special surgery, you pay for it in full. <laughs> so they, they couldn't really foot the bill. So at some point they had to be like, okay, you know what, let's just take him home. If we are able to raise the money, fine. If not, um, we don't know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. yeah, that happened. And, um, we went home, but you know, I went back to school after a week and I, I just, I just kind of, you know, the reality wasn't done on me during the whole process while I was at home until I went back to school and then I had kids start to question me, what happened to your high? I was like, well, what do you mean? What happened to my high? Uh, you know, I have quite a few people start looking at me when I'm walking around. It's like, okay, so that's it. Like, well, as a boy, I really didn't understand all of that point, all of that thing. And then, you know, you have some people start calling me one high boy because obviously it was paining me. So I wouldn't hope, I wasn't opening my left eye like the way I opened my right eye. So because of that, you know, um, kids start saying, oh, one high boy and all of that like that. So something like just poking you, teasing, teasing me, just making fun of me kind of like that. And um, I started noticing that it was difficult for me to actually see the board, um, like the classroom blackboard from the so back. With, is it, is, and is that with that same eye or with both eyes, actually? It was with both eyes at, at that point because it was more like, I mean, it's, I think it was a transition phase for from using two eyes to now using one. So I think there was a bit of challenge in me being able to use even the right eye that is okay compared to the left eye that is not, um, that's no longer working. And so it was, it was a bit challenging. I was wondering, okay, what's, what's that going to be like? But at that point, I, I don't think I was really thinking about my high being the problem. I started thinking about me being the problem. I was thinking maybe there's something more I could do to actually just be normal like everyone. So. Yeah, I I would actually move to the front of the class because my teacher actually moved me to the front of the class, and but it was challenging. My they got me a pair of glasses to actually adjust at that point, but I wasn't comfortable with using glasses, right? So, well, I, my 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 glasses actually got lost, anyways. <laughs> I'm not good at keeping all those things. So I at at that point I just had to keep on going. I mean, I moved from that class. It was, I was in primary two. You can imagine I still have like, um, like four classes more to finish primary school yeah. and uh, keep on moving that. Well, one thing that happened was that, uh, well, my grades, of course, obviously was the first thing to be noticed. And then, I mean, a lot of people expected that, including my parents, including the teachers. So it was more like they don't know the best way to actually handle that, right? And Nigeria uh, is not, I don't know how to put it, it's not, such one that have accommodations like okay how to best support somebody with disability correct correct yeah so there was nothing like that you are just like every other student in the class anyways irrespective of the challenge but the only thing is that for them they just felt like well you won't you won't be able to do well kind of right so there was no much emphasis as to me 
being pushed to do more at that point. So the grades are totally went bad and um, just keep on moving. I, I would just barely pass to move to the next class every now and then. And um, I think there was a bit of turning point because I, I, I started getting, being teased more and more from, from like my classmates. And then at some point I just wanted to be like, <laughs> I'm gonna challenge these guys. Even if there's nothing I could do, maybe I could actually just do better in class and see if that works. I mean, it started working bit by bit when I got to primary five. Like, I mean, that's when I moved um, from the bottom of the class to to being the tenth. I mean, like my parents were they were really impressed, right? They were like, okay, that's um, you can do better. Like my dad would always say, and. You know, by the time I got to the by the time I got to the last year in primary school, like the final year, it was I was pretty much interested in things to be done in class. I, at that point, I think I've really forgotten myself, forgotten what's wrong with me, like whatever it is. Like my focus is really more about me achieving more and more grades because it, it was just a good feeling for me. Yeah, yeah, Every time yeah. I at the end of the term, they gave me my results, and I'm like. Yeah! I move up a little bit in class. So it was just something exciting for me, right? So, and then it was good also because I had my mom then with us and um, mm -hmm. she would be like, oh, you do. And then she would help me with some of my class notes. Like if I needed some to, to finish up my notes, uh, if I was lagging behind, no, she was, she was just there. She would help me with all of that. And, yeah. um, but as soon as I got to primary six, yeah, I think primary six, because I was pretty, I, I was also, like I was like the normal age for every class. Like, so I think in primary six, I was the early primary six, I was nine years old. And that was when the whole thing with my parents started happening. And yeah. then of course they got separated and- um, so, so maybe just hold on a second there. And, um, and, and I, I know we, we would get into that, but I think, you know, just to maybe just hold on to this story. And I think, you know, as emotional as it, as it is, I mean, I'm, even here, Speaking right now, I'm just hearing some, you know, even the full detail of, you know, what what happened, and I think I like how even at an early age, and I'd really say that it's 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 a strength that you might not necessarily recognize, but the fact that you turned and stopped looking at the challenge that you have as a problem, and mm -hmm. looked beyond yeah. it, I mm -hmm. think it's significant. And not everyone actually has that opportunity or, you know, that sort of privilege, really. Even as adults, people struggle with that. But I think it's something now that obviously, because, you know, we've spoken before, but I think it's something that really started to show at the early age. Yeah. And obviously, as people will learn, you know, this is potentially what would probably even take you through. But I think that's very significant to sort of point out, you know, the ability to stop looking at things and start looking at, you know, some challenges really as, Potential, um, you know, the, the way I like to think about it is, it's not a problem. How do I then surmount this challenge and be on the other side? And I think that's what you did and you did absolutely very well as you kind of went through your primary school and, you know, excelled through even, you know, with, I'd say really a life-changing challenge on a life-changing event that happened, you know, in your life. And really, so as we kind of go along, and I know that, you know, at this point you were nine years old, um, of course, the things started to happen at home. You know, take us through how those events, and I know this was really another significant event in your life, mm -hmm. how those events really change the trajectory of things in your life. Well, I feel like that's probably the hardest part, right? Because it was 
it was pretty much like I was on the path of getting better, doing well, and um, I was getting excited because I know, you know, it's just the fact that when I come back at the end of the term, uh, you know, my parents are excited about it, my mom especially, and um, she's just always surprised at me getting better. And um, I can remember, like, the first term in primary six, I, I, I came up with fourth position. And honestly, even though everybody keeps saying, you can still do better, I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I was just so proud of myself at that point. Like, I felt so, like, it was as if it was the biggest achievement you could ever get at that point for me. Because it was so like, oh, so I could actually do this. So it was, it's also more like me exploring myself more and more to see what I can actually do and what I could, what I could not do. So as that was getting better, yeah, my parents were having those issues back at home every now and then. And I could remember a couple of times they'll have a lot of heated argument that um, they would just shut the door and then we'll just be outside. We'll be wondering what's going on. You understand? But we could hear them talking and all of that. It wasn't just audible as to what they were actually arguing about. And, well, and that. Yeah. So, and um, it all happened and then, well, even at that point, I never really understood what was happening. But then what was happening was because my my stepmom was going to come and um, discussing issues between my mom and my dad because what happened was my dad was married before and then okay. I had kids with that woman and now the woman wants to come back and with her kids and everything. I mean, the kids were living with us anyways. Like, they were okay. pretty much older than me, like, even older than my elder brother, which... Uh, which we bought from our mom. So, but I mean, honestly, as a child, I was so surprised because I thought even those guys were also like my mom's children. So, right. but at that point, it was just like, okay, so there's a lot, a little more unfolding happening. And um, yeah, so eventually, I think my mom decided that, okay, she's not going to be here if that woman's going to come back. And um, she moved out. And so, at that point, you know, when she moved out, she took us with her, with her. And then like, remember, we didn't even spend a day. Like it's probably as soon as, as soon as my dad came back from work, he just drove down to my grandmother's place and took the three of us, like my elder brother, myself and my sister, which is the, my, my younger sister. And then just took all of us back home and I'm not even going to lie. Like I was, I was just so perplexed as to. I really didn't understand what was going on. Like I was just in my head thinking, what's with like because we always go to our grandmother's place. So, you know, when my mom moved out and then we moved together with her, we're at our grandmother's place. So it was still like me visiting my grandmother, which is exciting. Yeah. And uh, you know, my dad came and um when he took us and then he took us home and it was just like I need to talk to you guys. I need you people to understand. I'm like, understand what? I mean, this, yeah, this was probably 10 years old, nine, 10 years old, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, I understand what? And it was like, yeah, uh, a lot of things is going to change and that you, uh, you, I don't want you to go, you, you will not be seeing your mom and I don't want you to go to your grandmother's place because it was my, like, my maternal grandmother. I don't want you to go there and that you will not even be going there because if I ever find out, you guys are going to be in trouble. So, you know, that point, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a lot challenging because it shifted the focus away from what the way I was exploring myself in school and um, 
And then now it just shifts my focus to everything I was going back at home. Now I have to focus more on what they're saying. And then one part that really got me so, so devastated was the part that, you know, during that, um, that time where my mom was away and he was restricting us from seeing my mom, and then my stepmother is yet to move in. During that, during that stage, it comes home every day and just keep beating us. And then I don't mm. understand why. Like, for most part, we'll be wondering, like, me and my elder brother, because at some point, my sister was like, she's not going to stay here. Yeah, so it was too much for her to be here. And as a young lady, she, as a young girl, she wasn't even hiding it. Like, you know, as a child, children probably don't hide things like that. So mm. she was just like, yeah, I want to see my mom and I'm not going to stay here. Like, she was really not having it. So eventually my dad decided, like, okay, yeah, she's going to live with my mom because, I mean, he couldn't keep her anyways. But it was like, even if any of us that are boys wants to leave their mom, that is not, it's never going to happen because he will not allow any of his boys, any of his boys leave um, with their mom. So it was just like, no, it's not going to happen. That I'm going to train you as a father. Mm -hmm. I don't want a woman to train you. Yeah. And so that wasn't, well, that wasn't, that wasn't comfortable anyways, but still, <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, it was going on in his head. But at the same time, it kind of just gave me the fact that he wasn't an absent father. No, it wasn't. But it was just so hard at that point with not understanding whatever that was going on with him. Mm -hmm. You know, he comes back and then it's as if all the emotions have to be transferred to us. Like it was mm -hmm. more like a transfer of aggression. So it's like I can feel comfortable or like for him to feel at ease, just like release the tension on us mm -hmm. at that point. So it happens every now and then. It got to a point that even there was our neighbor, there was one of our neighbors that was like, well, today, I feel like you guys have done this, I've done that, you deserve another beating that's going to happen tonight. And in my head, I was like, no, that's not going to happen because, I mean, we didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but it was like, well, you don't really have to do anything wrong anyways. <laughs> wow. So, wow. yeah, it was going to happen. But honestly, like, for a neighbor to actually notice to that point, and it happened that night as well. I mean, it just came wow. back and then there was one excuse that we could not even imagine, like, just came around and then... You know, it flogged us till we actually just go to bed and all. And and, uh, and, and and at this time, it was just yourself and your brother. So I suppose your sister had moved my with sister your mom. I had moved to my mom. So it was just myself and my brother. So okay. just, yeah, it was so, just so, yeah. yeah, maybe just maybe just holding on to that. Um, so from, from what I gather is that, you know, obviously there was that sort of custody battle that was going on. Um, mm -hmm. Your sister couldn't stay, obviously, sure. for, for, for obvious reasons. Um, and he thought that he could just handle the guys alone. Mm -hmm. And so she went with your mom somewhere yeah. else. And then it was just yourself. And, of mm -hmm. course, your other brothers still in the house. Now, maybe yeah. one question is, in terms of, you, because you talked about this transfer of aggression, was this just to you and your brother alone or also to you and your stepbrothers? Honestly, at this point, I think it was just myself and my stepbrother at that point. Because I think it was just the two of us at home that time. Okay, so the thing is, my those two, those two. Yeah, your two other brothers. Step, yeah. Okay, those two step brothers. Correct. Those ones are way older. Okay. Because the one one of them is ten years older than me. The other one is like nine years older than me. So, okay. so the two of them are way older. Mm -hmm. So at that point, they don't really have to stay in the house. Because if I was if I was ten, they were like twenty. 19 mm -hmm. so they don't yeah. have, they don't you understand so my dad probably wouldn't be able to beat them or anything like that so they were not really staying in the house actually so 
Just one, like at that point, they were probably staying with their friends and all. So, so just the two of us, myself and my brother, at that point when it was mm-hmm. all, all happening. So we just be in the house like every day, and it was more difficult because like okay, you can't we can't even see our mom. I mean, there's no place that you can actually just go. There's no place you can hide because on my dad's side is the extended family are far away. So it's like it was just a bit difficult as to like who you can actually talk to and um, who you can run to and all of that. So it wasn't going to happen. And then as even as a child self, I, I felt like I don't, I probably don't know many places at that point where to go as to how to navigate my road at that point anyway. So, yeah, yeah so it, it kept on happening until, you know, this, our step, the, the stepmother actually moving. Okay. Our stepmother moves in and um, at first it was, I would say it was more like a deceit anyway, so. Mm-hmm. At first, it was like she was trying to. It was be it was beautiful. Oh yeah, she was trying to be kind and mm-hmm. um, making us feel as if oh yeah yeah she, we are, we've gotten something better than our mom and all of that. So mm-hmm. every now and then we always hear that like it's always a lot of comparison. And then what uh, another part of that that I hated so much at that point was um when we will be called to come and answer some questions as to if she's better than our mom. I'm like. Honestly, like it was. And who was asking these questions? Yeah, it, it's my stepmom, of course. Wow. And it also the fact that it also happened not just in my dad's absence, like sometimes it happened in my the parents of my in my dad as well. So and then, I mean, it was very uncomfortable as to you know it's the answer is pretty obvious. <laughs> you don't want to say your mom is better, yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's a problem already on its mm-hmm. own. So in my head, even as a child, I felt like honestly. I started becoming wise at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you started becoming I, emotionally intelligent. Like I, I started and, becoming wise as to the, oh, you, you just have to start pretending as to mm-hmm. the answers and, mm-hmm. and your words. Like you just have to start saying things that these people want to hear because that way you stay out of trouble. Correct. So that that's what I was doing at that point as well. You know, I'm like, just give me my food. I mean, you wanted to give me food and you're questioning me as to who is better between you and my mom. I mean, <laughs> right now I'm starving. So it's interesting. I'll tell you yeah. whatever it is that you want to hear from me to get Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, and, you know, you know, you know, in actual fact, you know, and, and a leopard really can never change its, its color, really. You know, the patches mm-hmm. always show. You know, after, of course, she came in, you know, she was all nice and pretty and dandy. Mm-hmm. You know, how did things then start to really you know, evolve and show its true color? Like, you know, how did that all happen? Well, well, it happened pretty fast because even the old sweet thing, it, it didn't really last for long, right? So she she has a business um, and she was selling fufu. Honestly, I can't even explain this part where things started getting bad because we are not even there. She, she just go ahead, tell her that stuff that we did wrong. And I would be wondering, when did we do that? Mm. Like, so, like, she she probably be like, oh, I told them to actually look after this. They didn't look after that. And then, you know, it's more like he just manipulating our dad against us and then doing that every now and then. So, and, you know, our dad comes so strong. We're like, you must listen to her. She's your mother and all of that. Game. I'm like, okay obviously she's not there's no mm-hmm. amount of pity that can actually impart that into me anyways <laughs> so yeah that that keeps happening and then she goes 
tell her that oh they are disrespecting the whole thing always centered around oh they are disrespecting me and all of that so you understand so and probably my dad doesn't want to hear that so it will just descend on myself and my brother anyways and as, as we started growing and then i entered high school the most challenging part was you know, at some point i was i was probably i entered high school and then maybe when i was like 13 and mm -hmm. you know at some point i started going to see my mom from school okay. or like either way around i just go see her i don't care uh, and this was without your dad's knowledge of course oh no no i actually don't care if you find out at that point or not so mm -hmm. uh, i would go see my mom and usually my mom would give me my, uh, some some money as well so you know <laughs> like a child you keep your money and then so this woman always go through her things from time mm -hmm. to time when she go, when she when she goes through her things and she find money she goes to my dad saying that she has been telling my dad that we've been stealing our money that is wow. the evidence so when in, when in actual fact nothing was stolen so i mean she she keeps on doing that she actually did that for so long honestly because she even did that till i was in senior high school like every wow. now and then she just go through things or if i'm having all those normal contributions i missed others she goes mm -hmm. behind collect it and then come home to come and tell my dad that the money I'm stealing, I even went, I had to go and do a lot of contributions, see the money. And hmm. at some point it was really, it was really a lot because it was like for everything that you try to do for yourself, this woman would make sure that it's not successful. So, and um, I think when I was in, I'll, I'll talk about the school parts later. I think when I was in high school and maybe, maybe from, Maybe when I, yeah, well, my first year of high, uh, senior high school, like SS1, I was, this woman came, like, now we need to start hawking things for her. So mm -hmm. my brother, of course, that one immediately pulled out, was like, he's not going to do it. And that at this point, that if he's first, it's, go, it's just going to report to, my, to our mom. Because mm -hmm. at that point, we we're like a little bit old, we we're like teenagers. And then uh, at that point, you know, how teenagers can be sometimes because my at, at some point my 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 other brother would leave the house there was one night that when they were trying to force him to things he actually left the house and he didn't come back home that night so my dad was like wondering like where did he go and all of that so it was like yeah i told you you can't be forcing me to do things yeah. I leave this house so you guys understand the fact that i'm not gonna do it he was having so, none of it yeah, it wasn't at that point. It was it wasn't really evident. And then, me on the other hand, I'm like, okay, somebody needs to put this family together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I'm always having a sense of responsibility a little bit every now and then. So, like, for us to keep the tension a little bit low in the house, I actually volunteered. That I will be doing that. I was like, well, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll do that for you. I, I think I think that's 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 maybe maybe just to hold on on that point really. And I think it's really remarkable. And I think the first time you mentioned this to me, I, I was, I mean, I'm still in shock now. You know, having suffered and gone through this much, especially with this woman, mm -hmm. you know, you still felt that sense of responsibility, of unity, and the need to just want to hold things together and decided mm -hmm. to even go ahead hawking. And, and for those who don't know, you know, typically in, in, you know, some families in Nigeria that are, you know, typically financially challenged, you know, mm -hmm. when they have maybe stores, they would have, you know, have their, you know, children, 
hawk things, you know, go to the main road and just walk the streets and sell those things. And it is almost always in very harsh conditions. Yeah, the course. sun is mostly around, you know, 30 degrees or plus, mm-hmm. and it's insane. And and you would walk so much that, you know, when you even see people hawking, it's, it's just not a, it's a sad sight, really. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that all this, you still went ahead to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead to do this. Yeah, yeah I, it's. I I really don't even know how to explain it. I, it's it's just difficult to take in, really. Yeah, uh, and um, I'm probably gonna say why I did it as um as a teenager back then was my experience with how things have been in the home. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's it was really tension, like always in the house, and a little spark brings it to like heart of hand every now and then like it happens from time to time like the tension is always in the air like that so and a little spark actually just ruined things and then you know like it troubles me to go to bed like every now and then with that go to school with that and come back so at that point i was just like maybe to just keep things cool a little bit not removing the tension in the hair, but just to maintain the status quo, and then just keep things going at that point, like without having a serious fight or heated argument in the house. I was just like, okay, I'll do it. Because I was getting to that point, my brother was not having it, and it was mm-hmm. obvious. And I don't blame him at all, because even though even though I volunteered, it wasn't because I was having it. So it's just because to like, now because he has said that, they are now focusing on him, and I really was afraid what they are going to do to him. Mm. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to step in because, yeah, like it's, it's a few things that we've all been go- we, we, we've gone through because um, time and time, like if we refuse to do things like that, and even if my stepmom tell my dad that my dad is not acting on time, she employed our children. I, I Like I told you, they are like 10 years older than me. So she will employ our children. And then they start like beating us and all of that. Oh, you were actually even beaten by your older brothers, oh, yeah, your stepbrothers. That, that happens, yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. So it's more like so if they are like focusing on him at that point, I, I just wanted to like remove that at that time. I'm like, don't worry about it. So I'll do it. Mm. And honestly, it wasn't because I like it anyway. But I would, I would just go around and do it. Um, and it really didn't change anything because that was when I started getting so pissed off with everything because, you know, even though I started doing these things and I was like doing it like really good, it really didn't change things as time goes on again. Like it's still like the hatred was so much from this woman. Like it's so, so huge and you can literally just see it every now and then. Yeah. And then it keeps going on and on like that. And then that was, that, that was the point where... Even though I really didn't tell my mom any of these things, I still go to her place and I didn't tell my mom. My mom found out about these things when I had already stopped and I, and I entered university. And she called me and she was like, what kind of nonsense is this? Why mm. wouldn't you tell me? Because I told my brother not to tell him, not to tell her. And, um, you know, when she found out, she was, she was really so pissed. Because if you know my mom, my mom can actually throw both my stepmom and my dad she can actually throw them in a tumor. Like, she's very aggressive. Like, if she goes down into our house, even my dad is always trying to make sure and prevent her from coming. Like, coming if we get to a point where we are like, we're going to tell our mom everything that is happening, my dad is just going to like, okay, go talk to the stepmom. Be like, okay, I feel like you should back off a little bit at this stage. 
Yeah, because it's like when my mom comes around, he knows what can happen. But at the same yeah. time, even though that feels like a safe haven that my mom can come around and make sure that things go back in order, it doesn't, it's not like it will go back in order. It increases the hatred mm. more and more. And then it's just like, if she comes around and then what if it comes to the point where they all started getting like fighting, getting physical and all of that. I mean, who knows who can get out? That's always my own point. I'm always like, who knows who can get out? Why not just do this thing and let everybody just have their own piece of cake at that point and just be at peace with one another, even though it's not like a little peace anyways. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was just what goes on in my mind. It's just more like maintaining things and keeping everybody like in that space where they are hold her so that there is no spark that causes like a physical fight. Mm -hmm. know, like, and then also because with that, with everything that has happened, it has only it has also instilled fear in me. Like I'm always afraid of things getting out of hand. Like it has happened where you know even when I was a child, it was just like if there is any little like argument and all of that, and because of the beating that my dad always do that time, I'm always wondering like looking at him, feeling like I don't know what's gonna happen. Even sometimes I look at him, I'm like. I don't know what I'm gonna do wrong that's gonna lead to another kind of pit and all of that. Mm. So, so you could, were trying to you're trying to avoid confrontation by any means necessary. Yeah. And it's like I just keep avoiding it. Like if if it's gonna lead to any confrontation, I'm like, okay, I'm out of here. Like mm. just out of here. And then the fact that I couldn't also leave the house at that point means that I needed to find a way to cope. Mm. And that's why I was putting all those things together as like if they want to do this, I'm like, I'm gonna do it, irrespective of what she says. It's not like I get a word of compliment whenever I go around hawking and then bringing back money. Because even though when I, even when I did that and come on with, I mean, selling everything, bringing her money, she's excited. But I mean, she's, the excitement is not towards me that go around because she still goes go meet my dad. I mean, you know the quantity of things that you put on my head to go hawk. And you know how much the total is. But at the end of the day, even when I come back and I give you the money and you see everything is balanced, you still say I'm I'm keeping some of your money. I mean, it's like you still accuse me of stealing some money and then and I'm like, okay, that's that's so that's really, really brutal. But still mm. it doesn't it doesn't freak me how to do anyways. I still would do it. Because I'm like, as long as that just allow me the peace. And then also, another, another comfort that I always have at the back of my mind is like, okay, there's a time limit that I'm placing on this thing. Yeah. yeah. At some point, I'm going to be out of this house. And then I think that was one of the motivations to actually just wanted to get an admission and go out of this, out of the house. Because it's like, I was looking like, okay, by 17, I should be able to get an admission and be out of the house. Wow. So. And I was looking forward to se to seventeen. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people actually look forward to to becoming eighteen because they can go drinking or anything. I was actually looking forward to. You just wanted to leave the house because I was gonna leave the house, and then I just wanted to be far away from every one of them. Like I just, I just, I felt like it also deprived me of the fact that me and my brother grew up together, 
And I felt like we really didn't get to know us. Like I'm talking about my immediate other brother from mm-hmm. my mom. We really didn't get to like enjoy the benefit of childhood, even as siblings, to really like engage know each other yeah. and really know ourselves. Because I felt like even when I left the house and then maybe some years later when I finished university and then I was going to travel to Canada, that was when I started thinking of the fact that I've not really spent time with him. Like even though we grew up together, we spent those years in the same house, it was like, no. We never really mm. got that time. Yeah. So you, you so you actually just leave together but you never knew him? Yeah, not so much. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, this, I mean, you know, your story is it's really, it's, it's just so much. It's so much. I mean, for me, it's, it's very emotional. And because, you know, some, you know, I've heard some of, I mean, I'm, and, you know, from a similar, similar environment and I've seen some of these things, we see it in, you know, Nigerian, typical Nigerian movies. And you would think that it, it, that's what it is. It's just movies. But mm-hmm. this is actually it happening, you know, to someone and it's 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 really sad actually it's really sad but you know you know as we kind of still go through your story and i think that's really what's encouraging for me and that's you know almost seeing that light you know obviously you were looking to get out but i think i also want you to maybe not skip too much i I know there were some events that actually happened during high school Uh, you know one of them you know being being the fact that you know you were bullied in school and and for obvious reasons Mm -hmm. and and you did mention that even as much as you were bullied in school, you still saw that bullying in school still better than what was done to you at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, going through high school and um, going to school, it's, I feel like there's more comfort going to school. Mm. And I say this with every comfort that I got at that time. So I got so much comfort spending time in school. If the, if we're gonna have extra lessons, I'm, I'm 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 down for it because it keeps me away from home as much as I needed. So like I could I could stay with I could stay with um, guys in school. I'm not necessarily because I could stay with all. I always get along with the kids in school, right? But with the fact that I'm just I'm just spending the time away from home. And then I'm going to be spending more time away from home. So, mm. well, in high school, it all happened. Like, everybody would just keep like, oh, yeah, yeah, this boy with one high. And mm. then, you know, any little thing. But just, I feel like it's just easier for people to just tease me anyways. And I feel for the first, like, my junior high school, I would, break, I would, die, I would literally break down when somebody mm. actually teased me. I would weep, like, so hard. And... Because I'll be like, I don't even know how to cope with this. And then for most part of it, when I was going to high school, that's another thing that you, that's another thing about me that's that's very unique. So all my elder brothers, including my stepbrothers, they they all went to a particular school, like high school, all Mm -hmm. of them. Including my immediate elder brother, they like it's like a family tradition. <laughs> Once you finish primary school, you just you just go to that school. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so when I finished, I was like, if the three of them have been going there, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Does it mean that it's too easy to enter? That was my point. I'm like, if it's too easy to enter, I don't want it. So I applied to a more competitive school, and I didn't get in. As a matter of fact, if you, I mean, you probably would know how um, Ogun State or some 
Nigerian state handles it before now. But if you apply to a school and you, you didn't have the cut-off mark to enter into that school, they just move you to another school where your cut-off mark goes. So they didn't even move me to the school where my all my brothers have been going to and where my immediate other brother is because he was like a, a year ahead of me in school. Mm -hmm. So they moved me to a school that was very far away and it's actually it was actually the worst school wow. in our in, in that in that city. So and um well, well my parents like my mom actually did what she could to kind of change that school at that point. But when we went to the zonal level to go meet with um, the principal general, I was like, um, it would be better for him to spend a year first because right now there's nothing we can do. And I was like, so I just told my mom, don't worry about it. I would, um, I'll find my square root. So I, I just, I went to that school and then it will happen like everything, like the teasing and all, I feel like it would have happened in school anyways. And then it will keep happening, and then I would just break down. And I mm. keep, it was just like a repeated cycle. It was a very, very crazy cycle. And because it was, and also what I discovered about that is that, you know, if you give power to people, they will use it against you. Mm -hmm. And the more they see that that thing breaks me down, the more they do that. And I could remember when I was in my last year of um, junior high school, like that was the third year. And I was like, I think there was a point where one of them came and I was like, I feel you are, you are very stupid for that statement. And all the class actually looked in my direction. I was like, okay, this is different. So and I was, that was me actually now confronting whosoever come up with that. Mm. And I was like, well, what you said doesn't actually, if you listen to yourself, do you think it makes sense? Mm. So, you know, I went from there to when we, when we had our junior YEC, like our unified exam, back then we so i when we got to ss1 and the result came out so there was a regional award that was out and then i when they that time they don't even tell us about results if you know how public school can be sometimes yeah. all of it just kind of just go to um senior high school and uh, even if the result is ready self, you probably don't know <laughs> because it's most likely your parents will pick it up and all like that so and um they came to the class and they were like, okay, um, there's an award and the award is going to me. And the award is not from school because the award is for those that finish, um, like the best for, from each school at that point. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, so I was the best. <laughs> it was very hilarious because I was, it was very exciting. It was, it was, and then, and also I felt like I was expecting it because of the effort I'd been putting into things at that point, right? And yeah. um, we went all the way, like, we went all the way to that, um, to the, to the regional, um, um the zona headquarters at that point for, for high schools. And then we were all awarded from each school in that zone, like the best from each school in that zone. We got the award. And then when I came back to school, like there was still another celebration within the school as well, like, and all of that. So, and I could remember one of those times, my... That's why, that's where the statements, even the bullying school is better than those when I told came from. Because when, when we got back to school and they were celebrating me and then they brought me out on the assembly ground, like in front of everyone and all. And, you know, one of the teachers mentioned, ah, even if you have been eating food that you don't like today, your parents are going to be so proud of you. And then because this, because the award was money. Yeah. Yeah. It was in money form, like, and they were giving the money, like there's nothing attached to it. Like, 
oh yeah we are awarding you this money like in so case you were given you, a cash prize yeah it was a cash prize like if i wanted to use it towards school or anything or whatever and then with with a kind of i think there was a mentorship guide at guide as well attached to it as to like a career guide as well like if i need help career wise um that my school could make sure that they reach out to the Zunaid cutters and then they'll be able to like monitor me and follow up with me as well, uh, you know. So, and then when the teacher mentioned that on the on the assembly, it was like, and your parents will be so proud of you and all that. And at that point, that was because I never told anyone that I'm leaving my stepmom anyways. Mm. So I, I was sad actually, because I knew what the, what the story was going to be. And I loved the whole thing that was happening in school better than what was going to happen at home. Because I know I can't even mention it at home. Because the last time I mentioned something close to it, as to like my result was very good, and then I just excitedly say it at home. I know the kind of um, reaction I got. So I wasn't going to say it. Even to, to start with, I'm not going to even say it. So it's just like, even though a lot of things, a lot of good things were happening to me in school, it is not something that I could mention at home because... And I feel like that also got me more sad because I yeah. felt like I was doing well in school, but I had nobody. At you couldn't share with anyone. Yeah. And then there was nobody that could celebrate me as well. And that really went on even till I finished university. Like, there's nothing I achieve. It's like, I better just enjoy the fact that I achieve it on my own. Mm. That's all. And that's all I, like, I get from it. So... I feel like that also, from that point, I started having an, a subconscious wall built around me as to nobody could reach on the inner core of me, like as to who I really am. Nobody can actually reach to that. The best that people can see is what I make them see. You know, the ability and, and the fact that you were able to push yourself, mm -hmm. it, it's I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people can do this because a lot of people thrive when they're support, they have a good support system, they get encouraging words and, you know, hear these things, tell your kids, you know, positive words and, and that helps them even perform even better. But in your case, you were doing well. You couldn't share this with anyone. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, the type of abuse that you faced, but you still were able to put all that in a bucket somewhere mm -hmm. and still yeah. able to thrive. And I feel like, even though it sounds very, very easy when I talk about it, it wasn't easy because I felt like I lead such a life of sadness. I'm not going to mm. lie. Like, I felt like for every now and then, even when I had good um, success in schools or maybe some project in school that went well, but even at that, I felt like for most part, I, I just come home and then I just cry myself to sleep with everything. Mm. And then it's like the following day, oof, we pick ourselves up again and then just continue. Yeah, yeah. so it's like just, 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 it's like a compartment as to, it is. It yeah, is. put it in a compartment. And I never reach that compartment. For everything that happened, I just keep it there. I just continue keeping it there. I just continue keeping it there. And that was why. It was hard for me even to share that story on LinkedIn because mm. I was like, it's like a compartment that I'm now going back to and it's so hard to actually just reach down there. And I felt like last year, and 
I'm gonna go back to the high school to finish. But last year, I I was talking about this thing, and it felt so fresh, as if it happened like three days ago. Mm. I was I was like, I, I was I couldn't even imagine myself that I actually went through that because it felt like for it was some it was somebody else that it happened to. Yeah, exactly. Because as it, as it as it was happening, I just had to keep it where it belongs, mm. and then just continue with whatever it is that I want to do. So it was so fresh that I couldn't even unburden it completely. I was like, you know what? We still have to return this thing back to where it belongs. And then, um, because it was like, it was too much. Yeah. yeah. So in high school, as we're going through all of that, I, I was having a whole lot of projects. Like people were just so motivated when I talked to them, like, my, I mean, my classmates, oh, let's do this. They were very, very interested in it. Let's have a topic that we can be talking about on the assembly ground. They are so very much interested in, about it. And it will be like, okay, so when we got to high school, well, I eventually become the senior prefect anyways. Mm-hmm. And um, so our, when, you say, when you say senior prefect, is that like the uh, head boy or what? what is, what is that? Yeah, like? yeah. Yeah, I was the head boy. Oh, and okay. um, so, and that, that was like the main leadership stuff for students. Yeah, like, so, so basically, I mean, for, for those who don't know, um, the way it works in Nigeria is as you kind of progress through, you know, junior high to senior high, um, at the point of senior high, really, you get the the best students in most cases are selected yeah. as the leadership. And so almost in most cases, the very best of the best is made the head boy and the head girl, respectively. And this was a title that, you know, was sort of bestowed on you for, for, for obvious reasons as, as someone yeah. that was excelling, you know, in the midst of all the odds, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, obviously you started to show signs already at the very early stage. And I think that was definitely exceptional on your part. Um, I know we still want to go back to, you know, just kind of really wrap up on, on, you know, some of the stories in the high school. But I think that there was still one very important, um, remarkable event that happened. And, you know, you know, maybe just add to what you wanted to say. And you did mention that, you know, your dad was present, mm-hmm. although arguably, you know, sometimes showing it in a very wrong way. Yeah. But I think there was also, you know, one event that happened that really also was, a, you know, I argue is a landmark event, you know, in the times of these tribulations with your stepmom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted you to kind of walk us through that. Well, I feel, honestly, it's, um, that, that part is, it has always been one of the most difficult times to talk about because I can imagine I already skipped it and 